Testing. Can you, well, maybe my headphones. Maybe that, it's not plugged in all the way. That better. Let's a crank, little bit more. Crank it up all the way. Yeah. Is that better? Is that better? Yeah, no, that's mine. Yeah. Well, that would explain why Hello? I wasn't getting Hello? better. There we go. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, okay. There we go. All right. Are we ready now? Yo, Rockin', what's up? Yo, I'm doing the knowledge, E, man. I'm trying to get paid in full. Well, check this out. Since Norby Walters is our agency, right? True. Carol Lewis is our agent. Word up. Zakia and Fourth and Broadway is our record company. Indeed. Okay, so who we rolling with then? We rolling with Rush. Our Rush Town Management. So check this out. Since we talking over this deaf beat right here that I put together, I want to hear some of them deaf rhymes. You know what I'm saying? And together, we can get paid and paid full, and paid full, and paid full, and paid full. of a master plan this ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand so i dig into my pocket all my money spent so i could deep up still coming up with lint so i start my mission leave my residence thinking how could i get some dead presidents i need money you think that maybe that was one where you could have started at 49 seconds into it that's my bad i didn't <laughs> i think it went perfectly yeah he said i've never heard this before i was like oh and then it started playing i was like oh here we go <laughs> hi and welcome to the harder brunch podcast i'm your host dyke michaels with me in the co-host seat uh thaddeus j mckee yeah uh just banging out the hits <laughs> on the ones and twos yeah the sauce lord of indianapolis the last white dragon give it up for sauce boss zach yep I said, give it up. Uh, and very special guest with us in studio. Uh, uh, I've always called you Barbecue Chris. Barbecue Chris Johnson with us in studio. Ooh, I like that. I'll do a little extra pepper mm-hmm. in there. Uh, welcome, Chris. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I have to do a shameless plug real quick. Uh, this Tuesday, I'm going to be at Indy's Funniest uh, Comedy Contest at Helium, downtown Indianapolis, 8 o'clock. Please come and cheer me on. It is the semifinals. That's right. So uh, I need all the support I can get. I just want to get that plug in at the beginning of the episode. Normally, it's not all about what I'm doing. Who Chris. else is Who else is going to be there with you? Just me. Just me. Competing <laughs> <laughs> against myself. That's good. Uh, Gwen Sunkel, friend of the show, will be competing in my in my bracket. And then um, I think that's it. Oh, <laughs> How you doing today, Chris? You feeling good? Yeah, little full. A little full. That's what we like to do to our oh. guests. We like to we like to fill you up and get a couple beers in you, and then you're just like uh, ready for a nap by the time we start podcasting. Yeah, the hot brown usually I was telling him start and end of a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. really go anywhere after that, man. No one's came on the podcast. I'm like, I'm still hungry. Like, no one said, I'm, I need more food. We've had we have had people that didn't really eat, but not yeah. not anybody that was uh, complaining about it. Shout out Willie Bostick. <laughs> Shout out, but the Willie doesn't like food, and he made that very clear. <laughs> um, so, can I, I have a quick question? I, mean, I guess we should have talked about this beforehand. Can we say? Are you are you going to say where you work? Can we say yeah. brown food. Okay, yeah. make sure I don't break any international laws here i cleared it what is your what is your official title sir it is um operations manager Oper- city barbecue nice so you are corporate i am very corporate yeah you're up the ladder but you how long because when i 
I knew you when you were going into becoming a GM there. Yeah. So I've been company nine nine years. Uh, corporate side of stuff for about five now. So I did run a couple of the locations in Indianapolis um, along with some other great people. So One of my favorite stories about you is that I, I used, to, used to be a regular at the brewery I worked at. And you came in one time looking very tired, but very proud. And you came in and you had a trophy that you had taken first place in a barbecue competition. Yeah, that was a that was a fun day. Um, was out at the uh, casino, the racetrack. Um, it was I think ten teams from all over Indianapolis. My team was by far the youngest group there. Yeah. I think all of our ages together didn't add up to. One of the guys who were competing against. Yeah, it's a bunch of grizzled old men oh, that very, have been in the barbecue game forever. Very, very angry that we won. It was <laughs> awesome. Playing, um, uh, uh, listening to LP like all day, ASAP Rock. People were, didn't know what that what was happening. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, it's going to be a double wave of young kids, young whippersnappers uh, listening to that hip-hop music. And also being associated with, uh, you know, a chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, instead of something, I'm sure there was a lot of people who was like, this is my granddaddy's recipe. I've been doing it for 100 years. So wait, so what did you use the chain recipe or yourself? We yeah. did basically kind of a hybrid. Okay. But you know what I mean? Like yeah, for the competition, yeah. a little bit different rules, kind of things like that. But uh, I've gone through like KCBS classes. So I know when you go to a competition, it's not like you're cooking at the restaurant. Yeah. And, a lot of, and that's a big difference. So. For us to kind of win, it was kind of like... This is a big deal. I was actually just talking about it the other day. Like, they won these competitions, and people were like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a... We started the company because we won the Kansas City Royal in, like, I forget what, 97, I think? And a lot of those recipes Man. came into what we do today. And that's like... that's like Explain that for the people at the Kansas City Royal. Uh, it's like the Super Bowl of all barbecue competitions. I mean, just thousands of people... Com- Completing and when you from get, all over, yeah. When you win grand champion, that means you, you know, had several categories placed where, you know, top tier. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been it's kind of cool because it is two just completely different worlds. So, mm-hmm. and I didn't ever cook barbecue until nine years ago. Yeah. So I was probably three years in. Um, don't really like barbecue, honestly. It's, <laughs> not, it's never been a thing for me. I never really. What? <laughs> there should be a button for that. Like, <laughs> yeah. But they, again, it's like kind of the conversation we were having earlier. Like, it's bigger than me or what I do. There's such a cool tradition, history behind it, mm-hmm. that the people, and then, you know, it's like one of those great unifiers, like almost all food, but when you do it with love, you know, you serve it to people, like I get such a pleasure out of that. Yeah. So it was, I think I'm more passionate about what I do, uh, like cooking barbecue and talking barbecue than I am where I'm like, oh, damn, I need to go stop and get some ribs here. Yeah. That's just, I don't eat other people's barbecue really man well that leads us into today's theme which was barbecue <laughs> uh well it was great and one i usually always ask the guests ahead of time like hey what are foods you like what are foods you don't like but you kind of cut me off or at the past and you already uh, uh offered to bring uh, uh just a just a metric shit ton of uh, of smoked meats you brought what? What all did you bring today? We had uh, some brisket, some pork, uh, smoked turkey breast, uh, 
some ribs, chicken. That's it. Yeah. And so the the kind of uh, the kind of uh, what plan that we came up with together was that you would bring the proteins, you would smoke the proteins and bring them. Which and I, I gotta interject here real quick too. City Barbecue, I feel like always gets this way. I said this off air, but I, uh, it's worth repeating. It's one of those things that anytime you talk to anybody about City Barbecue, they're like, oh man, it's so good. They're like, and then they're like, I mean, it's pretty good for a chain though, right? You know, like. I think they always have to get it there that it is a chain, but it's an amazing chain. And not yeah. only that, like I work at a wedding venue and I said I was going to have you on and they were like, oh, my God, get them to come back in here because like they love them as caterers. It's like they're mm-hmm. not only is the food great, but like just the processes that they uh, put in place for catering. I see so many shit shows of different like caterers, whether it be home caterers or just small, small companies that. I've seen weddings delayed an hour because the food wasn't ready on time. So, like, when you get caterers that just come in and everything's just, like, you know, running like clockwork, like, you, you do notice it. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, the reason I love working for this company is that the people that work there are some of the smartest, like, most intelligent, nicest human beings I've ever met. And it's, you know, everybody cares so much about what they do that it, it really keeps everybody kind of we all rise together and work harder for each other and it's a a very great environment to like be in as a professional you know so yeah what's the next step president are you become you become ceo no no (laughs) no no um not sure i mean i'm kind of in a middle place right now i'm acting sort of as the interim corporate chef Mm. um doing some recipe work um and i my interests are all over the place. So my work is very all over the place. I work across every department. I get like if you were to look at what I do in a week, it goes from you know figuring out how to smoke, take our processes and make them better, to doing you know looking at data analysis, mm-hmm. yeah. um, working on marketing things. So you're the reason why the blackberry sauce is gone. <laughs> no, you're the guy I blame. I told you I get you some. So. <laughs> <laughs> Got some stuck away somewhere. <laughs> so our first course we did was the white chicken chili. So we used the smoked white chicken, and um, I did kind of like a Mexican. I, is white chicken chili like inherently like uh, Mexican, or is it? I don't know. Zach, I don't. Would you think? I don't think it's inherently Mexican. Yeah, I think it oftentimes like overlaps because you see them like. Green with like you know green chilies and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's where I went. I went. Yeah, I went. Ooh, which I do have some hominy I could have put in there uh, for for next time. But yeah, so uh, that was fun too because like I love putting soup and stuff like that in a crock pot overnight and just letting it go. And it's been like this is going to be so like I I love waking up and the house smells like soup and I know I have one less thing to do. <laughs> it's like. I uh, one time was very very ill and took uh, some cough syrup with codeine. I apparently nice. made, you mixed it with Sprite. Come on, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like it, anyways. I woke up the next day and my house just smelled amazing. <laughs> my roommate was like, "I'm like, what is he cooking?" And he goes, "Me? No, you cooked this last night and it's been going since last night." It was like a two hour <laughs> period of time where I'm in the kitchen like rocking this thing out, Whoa. and did not remember it because of the, the the medicine I was on. Wow. Uh, that's a fun way to spice yourself. Yeah, that's the best thing that could have happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I made delicious food. Yeah, 
Some people like do horrific things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the black dad, I woke up to soup. That's great. So I know my subconscious is a fat guy. That's, <laughs> that's best case scenario. Um, and then the next round was the hot brown. Was that? Yeah. No, it was the rib hash. Uh, so you brought two racks of ribs. So we made a, a, a nice rib hash uh, with the duck egg. The duck egg is kind of the signature. has to be on at least one item, I feel like, every week. Or Zach um, screams. If he doesn't, he <laughs> sees that last dish come out and there's not a duck egg, he's like, where the fuck's the duck egg? And flip a table over. Uh, so we don't want that happening a third time. Uh, but yeah, so then uh, the rib was made a nice pleasantration for more ribs, <laughs> uh, which Zach and I love. I think the the soup was one of my favorites. That soup was very very good. Um, but then when was the cheese? Oh no, the cheese sauce was. Yeah, <laughs> Where we got there? there. Good job, you're so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> to get to my to my failures that. Uh, Skipping over a dish. We're not talking about the bread. <laughs> <laughs> the burnt BB. Yeah, the B, the BB. The burnt bread. Yeah, there was almost yeah. there was almost no reason to bring that up. I was, no, <laughs> no. Here's the thing with the burnt bread. I was like, maybe this bread is supposed to be burnt because I've been surprised. Like, oh, like this is oh, it's supposed to look like this, but so the bread wasn't supposed to be burnt. I mean, not not conventionally, no. I mean, it was more so. I thought that might be a delicacy. It was there. You could dip your soup in it. It's hard to get that kind of a char out of an oven. You know, when it's not like an open flame. That's what's amazing. (laughs) We're roasted. Uh, (laughs) Double meaning there. Yeah. But no, please continue. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Zach. I appreciate you not making me look like a horse's ass. Uh, But yeah, so. Uh, a loaf of bread did go a little too long in the in the oven, but as I was telling Chris, uh, the goal for Harder Brunch is to make so many things that you know if if something one component or one little thing doesn't 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 come through that you're still okay. Yeah, I feel like everyone's still nice and full. Excuse me. So then we had the hot brown, which. I had made a, a, a wonderful Marnay sauce for. You, you made yourself a whole array of sauces, and then yeah. So I made a I made a, 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 a Marnay sauce from scratch, and then I also just melted down some Velveeta queso that was going to go into the burrito. Uh, I made a sauce out of that, and I had them both there. And I I kind of like whatever what do you the game with the ball and the cups is you know the the yeah. Like where you're trying to find the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you I kept, like, switching them back and forth for some reason because one needed to be stirred a little bit more. And then uh, I covered one up, and then when it, kind of came, when it came time to make it, I put the nacho cheese sauce all over the uh, So the nacho brown. browns. It was nacho browns. <laughs> so the nacho browns was the uh, the ball. That was the... The ball in the cup. That was the ball in the... Yeah, it, got, it landed on it. I called the wrong one. So you had... Uh, very nice, very nice. Is that like a Texas toast there from? Uh, yeah, like a Texas toast, and perfect because I burnt the bread. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the Texas toast was not burnt. I was surprised. I gotta say, I gotta say the hot the hot brown really I took a hit out of, out of everything. <laughs> hot brown really took a hit because the the bre- the bread got burnt and had to substitute. But that was an upgrade for the for the Texas toast, and then uh, the turkey was amazing. The smoked turkey on that. 
from City uh, City Barbecue. Of course, I had nothing to do with it, but that was great. And then uh, just a nice nacho cheese sauce on top. <laughs> not, not traditional, you know, a little untraditional nacho. I should have just not said anything and let everyone eat. And then, and then this, like, this, like, this is good. Yeah. This is genius. It's nice spicy. Is that spicier cheese? Get some peppers in there. Um... And then, what am I forgetting here? I always forget one. Burrito. Sponsored by White Claw. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, no, the cornbread. So it was just kind of a deconstructed. Uh, I did cornbread with the pulled pork. And then I made these house I made these house pickles I was very proud of because mm. at uh, the barbecue place that I work at, we got a barrel, a bourbon barrel from Hotel Tango. And we put this uh, apple cider vinegar in it and aged it for nine months. Mm. And then I've just been having fun pickling stuff in that. Uh, it's really good. So I did some quick pickles. Pickle, you you, lo- you pointed the pickle out to me. Yeah, I love pickles. I mean, and that pickle, I was su- surprised. I got up immediately and was like, what'd you do to this? Yeah. I made that shit. I <laughs> yeah. made that shit yesterday, son. It was a quick pickle. Yeah, that's, it was awesome. Um. Made some pickles before that uh, didn't quite turn into pickles. <laughs> yeah, people were complaining about. So, um, and then I don't know if this is true, but I feel like the big hit was the brisket breakfast burrito. Dessert burritos are my favorite. Yeah, dessert burritos. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was. I figured just using that brisket was the cheater. Anything that brisket touches is going to probably be the the fan favorite. But it was just a simple. Um, oh, I used the Mornay sauce. In the with the scramby eggs, the Mornay's was, was fantastic. Yeah, that would have really made a good hot brown. So I think also what we're gonna do here, Chris, is uh, there's certain things that I fucked up throughout the year that I think one day we're just gonna have a meal and I just have to uh, get a redemption episode oh. where you know just recook things that got botched up the first time. Nice. Uh yeah. So what was what was the favorite? What was your favorite? Oh, I, the pickle was great. Uh, <laughs> pickle. <laughs> Man, could have saved some money by just making a pickle. Could you do a whole brunch based around pickles? Like, are you that talented? I no no, I'm not talented. Um, I don't I don't know if I could do a whole. You could do a sh- you could do a million things pickled. I don't know. If I would enjoy eating an entire meal of pickled things, I don't know. I have to think about that. Pickled meats. Pickled. You could do something where you incorporate pickle as a central part of each thing. It doesn't have to be like every single thing is pickled. Mm. The thing could be like pickle rick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like there's a pickle on a hamburger kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Like, yeah, we can pickled do that. steak. There's a pickle ice cream. Pickled ice cream. Yeah, I'm sure we could make some. Has someone done that before? I'm sure they have. Yeah. Can you like just do a, a? We should do like an off-brand pickle episode, like maybe a Wednesday. I would where we pickle ice cream. <laughs> just call it Pickle Wednesday. Yeah. Well, come on down to Pickle Wednesdays. No, you could pickle that, like just like from Portlandia. <laughs> yeah. Portlandia is going to be yep. playing in the background. Um, we're going to be having Fred Armisen theme music. Yeah. No, I mean, I I feel like I feel like that's something I would probably shop out to Bridget Hurian, but like, yeah, you could. Oh, she's a pickler. No, I mean she's a pastry chef. She's a piccolo. Piccolo. She's a pastry chef. I would probably put that on. But I mean, I made uh, uh, for one of the. I made foie gras ice cream for 
Wait, you did? Yeah, for the first episode Bridget was on, I was really trying to impress her because she was one of the first chefs we had on. The food that you just explained to me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tortured goose ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Tortured goose ice cream. <laughs> that impresses ladies? Wow. Hey, uh. You'd be surprised. Do you like tortured goose ice cream? <laughs> wow. And she did. So I guess yeah. it works. No, no, it was it was all it was all very well. Uh, it was all very well. Liked. As you were learning about what foie gras was, I yeah. was just watching your face, and you're like, "Well, I feel like there's a lot of people here listening probably that don't know what it is either. So if one of you two want to explain, because I'm not the only one that doesn't know what it is, you can probably give a better. Oh, Zach had the per- you had the you perfect did. explanation. Good explanation. It was very visual though. Mm. And what foie gras is? So uh, foie gras is when they force feed the bird. Uh, in order to enlarge its uh, liver and uh, give a fattier liver. And so it usually ends up being a pretty cruel forcing Right, and, and you turn that into ice cream. Mm-hmm. Like, that would not be on the kids' menu. Like, what would the mascot <laughs> for that be? <laughs> <laughs> There's Happy the Strawberry. There's the banana. And, they're just <laughs> and then Flabby the, the overfed goose. <laughs> <laughs> It really, it really pairs well with my club baby seal ice cream. That I, <laughs> I see your club sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it goes, uh, it goes hand in hand. Uh, what was your first? What was your first cooking gig? City barbecue, basically. Really? Yeah, it was really? front of house. What, oh, yeah. What I, was your first restaurant job? Oh, uh, Carlos O'Kelly's. What's that? Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, it is a uh, Tex-Mex chain. That was in the Midwest. Um, close to where I grew up in my house. And, uh, yeah, they, the O Kelly's allowed it so they could have St. Patty's Day parties, apparently. Okay. So a Mexican joint put on a St. Patty's Day party. Uh. So it was like, <laughs> it was like the biggest day too. Um, but yeah, it was just, I liked, I love people. I love hanging out and like, obviously the, the restaurant culture kind of sucks some people in. You know? Yeah. So, um. Yeah, I was, I, I you was were, just a server. You front of that, you you see, like you seem like you would make a fantastic server. That's pretty darn good. Because uh, I never like talking with people, so that was my downfall. And I make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> you have to actually face those mistakes. When you're, you're to those to the when you're in the kitchen, you get to send someone else out to their to their uh, grueling demise. Um, what did you work your way? Were you did you go server bartender? Or were so you just- uh, I think it was like two days after I recovered from my twenty first birthday, um, I was behind the bar. So it, from there, um, I mean bartending serving kind of two different skill sets. Mm-hmm. But when I went to IU for school, I ended up uh, finding a, a great place at the time, Scotty's Brew House. Oh yeah, um, and. Worked there uh, as a server bartender, and then when were you at IU? What years? Two thousand, two thousand five. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, we missed each other by one year. Still, a lot of people by a year that I know now. It's kind of strange, like that. Um, but yeah, I was working as a server in the summertime in a college town. And for those of you who have done that, you make no money and you spend it at the bar you work at right yeah. afterwards. Basically, um, they offered me a management gig. I was 22 at the time. So that's what started the path through uh, my, my, my way to the boardroom, I guess, as it were. To the are, you, are you you always a hard worker? Yeah. 
Like even like were you like the kid who was cutting grass and doing that kind of stuff? <laughs> well, it's fine. It, it, like I've I'll, always, if I'm passionate about something, we'll go real hard at it. Um, but it, more so, I work ethic got from my my mom is just killer. I mean, she's just even now in her early seventies and kind of being a little bit ill, she's out trying to garden every day and do mm-hmm. so. Um, no, I was the kid reading or listening to music, and my I remember my dad never being able to understand that. Like, why don't you want to learn how to like change the brakes on this car? I'm like, I'm I'm in here cooking with mom and you know reading, but like that was always more interesting to me. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, I have I get lost in work sometimes, and I'm actually kind of a recovering workaholic. Okay, say. yeah. What brought you to indie? Um. From Bloomington. Well, I went to Chicago for a while. Okay. You'll find a series of terrible romantic mistakes okay. that has moved me around. Uh, moved to Chicago. Um, was my girlfriend at the time got a great gig there, and I was out of school. Um, and that was kind of, I worked at this place called Angelo's Taverna for a while um, in Old, Old Town, Chicago. And if you've been up there, it's, there's two huge comedy clubs there. <coughs> mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of my, the crossover. Uh, I worked at this Angelo's place and they had an open mic comedy night and Hannah Wilberos was the MC. Whoa. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I have no idea who he is, you know, at the time. Sure. And he was MCing all, at these other comedy clubs and, uh, yeah, I got to know him and he helped me do five minutes in front of a bunch of regulars that I had. Whoa. Yeah. It was very, and then I remember, you know. Two years after this, watching like Thirty Rock or something, he's playing a homeless dude, and I see his name in the you know writers credits, and I'm like, "Who's that dude at the bar?" <laughs> it was funny, but yeah, it was just yeah. like it blew my mind. Um, I met Michael Shannon at that bar and drank with him all day. What wonderful dude! And didn't know about him what? how big he was until I saw him in like Let's Go to Prison or something. I'm like, "That's that super nice guy." I drank with all day, <laughs> uh, but they were both just you know Chicago people, and I was right place, right time, and. It was, the old town's a very kind of old. It's right across from um, Second City, mm. like the it, basically Second okay. City is kind of the hub there. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so there's a bar across the street the, that I would recommend to anybody go to, uh, especially if you're a comedy fan. Uh, the Old Town Ale House and the uh, owner would paint portraits of all the comedians. So he's got it going back to like Murray. I mean, mid seventies. Pretty yeah, very cool place. Is that weird for you going from? You grew up in Fort Wayne. Yeah, outside of Fort Wayne. Okay, so nowhere Indiana, pretty yes, much, basically. and to mm-hmm. Bloomington, mm-hmm. to Chicago, like it was. It, it just kind of seemed like a natural progression, mm. sort of. Actually, I miss Chicago, but I'm glad I don't live there anymore. And then you moved to Rome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, ended up coming home after me and this girl broke up. I uh, lived in Fort Wayne for a while and started dating somebody else, and. Uh, Ended up opening the Jimmy John's on uh, Pendleton Pike, and that's what brought me here. It was right after the financial ah. collapse and all that. I, so I didn't, I was, I didn't have a job, so I took that, and then that led into City Barbecue. After I was told I would never make more money than I did, even though I was the highest performing person in the group, and it was just a kind of family situation. So yeah. I took uh, my resume, put it online. And was at City Barbecue like three weeks later. I had no idea what it meant at the time, but uh, it's been huge. Then did you start as GM or did you? No, I, I actually was never a GM. I was always the AGM. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but 
that didn't mean I like I ran the place. Mm, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that's how, how our system works. Um, but yeah, I was so did that in Greenwood, and then went to Carmel for uh, about eight months, and then got a promotion to be the first like traveling trainer for the company. Thanks. Chris, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Chris Johnson. All right, here we go. Third take. <laughs> Real quick, Ali. Mm. Got me breathing with dragons. I'll crack the egg in your basket, you bastard. I'm Marilyn Manson with madness. Now just imagine the magic I like to ask is don't ask for your favorite rapper. He did. Yes, sir. Amen. Chuch. He did. I killed him. Amen. Bitch. And this is rigor mortis, and it's gorgeous when you die. I leave recorded and I'm Morpheus, the Matrix in my mind. I'm out the orbit, you an orphan and a hairdresser combined. I'm on the toilet when I rhyme. If you the shit, then I decline. I climax where you begin and then I end on cloud nine. And that's important when you morph into an angel in the sky. And don't be forging all my signatures. My listeners reply and tell me that you biting style. You got a hell of an appetite, and I'ma be here for a while. Just buckle up before the ride, or knuckle up if you can fight. We always making them duck or die. As soon as That, uh. Kendrick Lamar is a good rapper. He's a decent, he's a decent one. He's coming up. Where is he? Where's he? Yeah, that's the that's the real question. Where is he right now? Everybody's uh, dropping their new albums. Drop it. Hi and welcome back to the Harder Brunch Podcast. Where is Kendrick Lamar? Is he just he's laying back in the cut, as they say? Yeah, he's probably just laying back. That's what he, like I like about him too. Like he doesn't do a lot of interviews. He just does his stuff. And uh, I went to one of his concerts, and it was it was amazing. Uh, it was a this his whole crew, and like he had a big LED screen in the back, and it just like looked like he was like walking on water at one point. It was dope. Uh, where was that at? This was in Chicago. Oh. I haven't been. When was the last big concert you went to, Chris? I I can't remember. This is a gotcha podcast. <laughs> yeah, you, well, like you were just telling me, you went to. Uh, did you go to a Kanye concert? No, <laughs> no. You said Tame Impala. Who? Who? Uh, Tame Impala. We, uh, we were talking about, we were talking about uh, Daft Punk. You saw Daft Punk. Mm. That's dope. I almost. Uh, I got uh, hired by Kanye to bring the food truck uh, when he was doing the first the show with the floating stage. Mm. And I mean, it wasn't like Kanye called us, but like his people called us, and uh, they we we'd um, catered for Luke Bryant at Deer Creek, and whoever the person was gave us like a glowing review, and, uh, and then we got contacted by Kanye's people. I'm like, man, this is really this is really happening. Like, like I didn't even know who Luke Bryant was when we went to the thing. He was like, he's a country music performer, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I thought he was like the opening act or something, you know. And it was like, no, we're performing for his like entire road crew. Like he's like the, I think he was like the fifth biggest country star at the time or whatever. So Kanye's people hired us. Like, oh my god, Kanye West is crazy. But they wanted uh, for the entire road staff specifically ten dollars per person for a burger, fries, and, and a soda. And we we. That we got it down to that price for them, but um, they did not want to pay Indiana state sales tax, and they wouldn't budge on it. And we we're just like, well, like if you don't pay that, like we have to pay that. Like we just eat that. It's wild, and it doesn't. And like, 
we were like, well, could you, is there anything you could do to incentivize? Like, you know, like, could you give us tickets? Could anything. And they were just like, no, not really. And so we were just like, eventually we just like passed. We we're just like, no, I don't, I don't. It's not worth your time. It's not worth us doing this. No. And then I heard from the food truck that did take the gig that it was just like a, like a nightmare gig where they had like two people that were on the truck and then two people followed in a car. And then they were so like, everybody was so worried that people are going to try to like get at Kanye somehow that like they wouldn't let the two people in the, in the car go in just period. They weren't like, so they didn't even make it in. So like the food truck did, but they were like two extra employees. Yeah, half the team. Uh, yeah. Half the team wasn't allowed in. <laughs> The day of, and you know, I'm sure they took it took it on the chin too, and it was just like, yeah, they were just dicks about the whole thing, and I was just like, I just feel like we dodged a bullet. Like, it seems like it would have been cool to say like, ah, I catered for Kanye West and his his road crew, but like, you know, I didn't even get to meet Luke Bryan when we catered for him. We just, I think we have a lead contender in the winner of Catfish and Kanye. Yeah, <laughs> was that a game? Yeah, actually, me and Thad came up with a game where we were going to try different strategies to try to get Kanye on the show as mm. a guest. Catfishing uh, was one of them. And so whoever can, you know, get him on the show first under different pretenses. Well, I'll Would tell you. Would you like part of the game? No, man. I, I was because, like, uh, wow. like, the fact that they wouldn't pay the, the 9% sales tax was, like, means that they run a tight ship. They run a real tight ship. You can't give... Uh, an extra nine percent to your employees, then probably just a hunk of shit. You know. So you're saying you can't get him on? Is what you're saying? I'm saying Kanye's probably a hunk of shit. <laughs> Goes from the top down, is what you're saying? Yeah, it comes from the top down. I'm gonna I'm gonna play him this clip. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear me, Kanye, <laughs> we've got a challenger for you. I want my sales tax? Uh, no. Anyway, uh, Chris, what are you passionate about? I always like to ask people, you know, where you work, where you're from, where you went to school. What would you say you're passionate about? People, honestly. Um, one of the big things I think that I get to do is to serve other people. And that really kind of it gets me up, you know, keeps me going, that kind of stuff. Yeah. A lot. I have a lot of self-drive, but a lot of it has to do with, you know, making things easier and better for others. So... I actually toyed with going to work. Uh, do you guys know Charles Booker out of Kentucky? No. He's uh, running for Senate um, against Rand Paul. And I flirted with the idea of going to work on his campaign because I like, oh, what, yeah. like what he's doing. You know what I mean? People like put good things out in the world. And, you know. Um, but, yeah. And, you know, honestly, like my passion for food comes from that same place. Like it's the best way to show love to anybody. You know, yeah. Feed them. Yeah, there is something to be said that I really enjoy about like cooking for people. I just I'm terrible at taking compliments, and the, two, and the, two, <laughs> the the two things that I do like cooking and comedy, where it's just like like you want everyone to be happy and enjoy it, but then like the second you get like more than a like, hey, that was good. It was just like I I feel very uncomfortable now because I don't know what to do with a second compliment. Yeah, you know, like the first like, hey, that was really good. You're like, oh, thanks, and then. Anything over that, I'm like, I don't know. What, what am I supposed to do? Do I compliment you now? Like, do we dance? Do we kiss? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Cody, get Cody, Cody likes to play a game yeah, that's the worst. Russian roulette under the table where he's just uh, randomly attacking people. <laughs> just bite someone's feet. That's what happened. He's never bit me. 
It's uh He didn't like that joke. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> or you guys weren't laughing hard enough. Laugh <laughs> <laughs> at the joke. Yeah. I trained him. I trained him. I was like, I don't think that's laughed enough at that one. Hit him, hit him with the old pepper. Make him make a noise or something. <laughs> All right, so we established Cody is not coming to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, the game is still on. Okay. Oh, you look very hurt. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm getting him on here. Good. I mean, look, if Kanye wanted to come on, of course I'm going to say no. No, <laughs> he's, so, more, yeah. he's more than welcome. You're welcome, uh, Kanye. Um, how did that get brought up? That's a good question. Like, That's I don't a really know. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got on that. You guys said it so matter of factly. You're just like, yeah, Catfish and Kanye. <laughs> like what? I think we're just talking about people having on the show. Mm. Who are the who? Who the who's the biggest celebrity you've ever met, Chris? Name met, drops portion. I met the Dalai Lama and Muhammad Ali in the same day. What? Wow. It was uh, Dalai Lama was in Bloomington doing something. His brother lives down there. And uh, yeah, there was a meet and greet with him. Was it? I don't know how to put this delicately. Mm. Was it, How was Muhammad Ali when he met him? Was he? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, how was he doing? <laughs> that seems like a genuine question. <laughs> Would, I, w- I would say um, you didn't er, handle it delicately. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, he was scramby eggs. No, no, no. no. <laughs> whoa, no. shame. There it is. Thank you. Shame. Yeah. He didn't say much. Okay. I don't okay. think he said okay. anything. He just kind yeah. of was standing there. He didn't meet you. You met him though. Uh, what? <laughs> wow. Sorry to the family of Muhammad Ali. No, hey, he did great like, things. Hey, he, we, we love Muhammad Ali, but I was, look, there's a distinction between like there's a time when you met Muhammad Ali, yes, and you met Muhammad Ali, yeah. But scramby eggs. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what you see. Yeah, you're not gonna let him get away with that one. No, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> oh boy. So like I, I've I've had some people uh, talk to me about meeting Muhammad Ali when he was younger, um, and Gary because I think that's where he was uh, resided. He went back in the McDonald's, and this guy swore up and down to me like this isn't a crazy. Guy. This is a guy I work with. He said he saw him in the McDonald's levitate. That doesn't surprise anybody here. No, have you all seen someone uh, levitate? I've never seen a levitation. I will tell you, um, meeting them two together, there's definitely levitation energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it is, you know, something I've not really experienced too often in my life where you're just around somebody and the energy is completely different. Really? Yeah. And in a very positive way. I think we pick up on negative energy pretty easily. But it was, yeah, it, it felt like being in the presence of something. Wait, wild. wait. I'm sorry. Uh, the- who was levitating? Was it Muhammad, Muhammad Ali? Ali? He told everybody, okay. get back, get back. And he lifted it off the ground. I'm like, wait, why did he do this at a McDonald's? And why haven't I heard this? <laughs> and Gary. Yeah, and Gary. 
Like this seems like I'm like I'm, I was telling the guy this does sound like a lie. Yeah. Like he was like getting like frustrated. Like listen, I, I have no reason to lie about this. Like you really don't. <laughs> I was gonna say like I I don't know if this is racist, but I believe the Dalai Lama can levitate. Like I I I just <laughs> but, but, but you don't think a uh, uh, black man could rise? Oh. Wow, I'm, saying, look, I'm saying old Muhammad Ali. Cassius Clay could levitate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're saying, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 it was, it's, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. I get. I think think David Sinbad Blaine talks I, about seeing that stuff. I think David Blaine was the only person I've ever seen levitate for fake. We're talking about real stuff. Well, I mean, if it happened in a McDonald's and Gary, then of course it was real. Well, I mean, to be fair, thing crazy things do happen in Gary. <laughs> Like, and McDonald's. Like, people crawling up walls. There, there was a, a news report about that. Like, I had, like, kids that, like, they were from Gary. And the they're Demon like, yeah, House. Yeah. That Demon House, yeah. where kids were crawling. There's, it's in the actual report. Yeah. CPS was like, yep, this actually happened. I mean, if I, if I work for, look, CPS, I've known some people that work for CPS, and they see all kinds of messed up, sad stuff all day. If they went into a house and somebody was crawling up a wall. Children. Yeah, I would have been like, oh, yep, the devil's here. Tyler, I quit. <laughs> I quit. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> it's going to be a no for me. I'm not even filling out a form. <laughs> yeah. Because at that point, Take you that have my two weeks notice. <laughs> Do you blame the parents at that point for the kids' possession? It's like, I got to take your kids away. You got you to you let them get too possessed. I'll tell you what, I'm not taking that kid anywhere with me. That's for goddamn sure. Yeah, we can't really put him in the car with little Damien. No, thank you. Social worker making 20 grand a year. Yeah, no, 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 what I'm going to do. Um, they're, they bulldozed that house. Did they really? Yeah, they bulldozed because there was so much evil. <laughs> they're like, every time we go in there, something new happens. Yeah. Every, this, oh, that's everyone involved was like, I don't know if this is true, but I don't. I think, I, I don't know if this is the exact same story or a similar story, but there was a guy who bought a house like that, if it wasn't that house, to try to film a horror movie in it and had so much stuff happen while trying to film the horror movie. Yeah. That they couldn't put it out, and then they tried to make a documentary about them filming the horror movie just so they could have something salvageable. And I think it was the same house. Same uh, house? Yeah. What? Uh, so it's not the kids' fault. It's like this house. Yeah, the house has too many demons in it. Like they drive by 15 years. Like, oh yeah, that's the house that made me crawl up walls. <laughs> I'm perfectly normal now. <laughs> I'm actually getting my PhD. You think maybe there's just something in Gary that the gravity's different than you? That's how you throw that out as a valid. <laughs> maybe it's not demons. Let's go with an uh, anti-gravity force in this central location. Muhammad Ali's levitating. People are climbing up walls. What are you saying, Chris? There's a lot of people floating in Gary. Yeah. I mean, it's not the drugs. Is that the drugs in Gary? Oh, we can't say uh, people might do drugs in Gary. Oh well, no one's really understand that. Are we that woke that we're like, no? Gary is uh, fighting perfect. Look, I've only heard nice things about Gary. <laughs> no, Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson levitation, levitation, and the Le- demon house. The demon house. That's the only negative thing about Gary is that it's bulldozed. So I'm sure. I remember I stopped at Gary one time, and uh, my parents stopped, and uh, I saw two dogs humping uh, in a McDonald's parking lot, and that was my only memory of McDonald's for the lot. <laughs> McDonald's. 
Yeah. That was my only memory of Gary for Is a long time. Late night runs for McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll see it again. Maybe I'll see those two dogs <laughs> stuck together. How did, uh, speaking of McDonald's, Chris, let me tell you this. I had to go get my oil changed uh, yesterday, and I ended up waiting in a McDonald's uh, next door to kill an hour of time. And I went in. And I feel like we've all been through COVID. I know that we've all had to adapt, and I feel like the restaurant industry had to make all these adaptations. And now we're kind of in this weird place where are we back to full strength? Are we pivoting? Where are we now? And, like, McDonald's and the fast food uh, industry around here has been crazy lately. Like, I don't know if you noticed this. Like, Thad went the other night to talk about 45 minutes. Yeah, I went to a drive-thru the other night, and the girl was just like, she starts off with like this. She goes, <sighs> that's, that's how she started yeah. off when I pulled up, and she goes, <sighs> we are out of the Big Buford, we are out of bacon, we are out of, and she named off nine things, and then uh, I just thought I was being cute, and I was like, well, why don't you, they let you go home then, or <laughs> She goes like, sir, they will not let us go. <laughs> like the worst thing I could have possibly said. I immediately order a milkshake. <laughs> Whenever I get any any sort of negative interaction, I order like three different ice cream treats. I make sure they have different ingredients, right? It's terrible. Because I know that's the last fucking thing they want to make. So now so I go to McDonald's and uh, I go in, you know, I was going inside because I had an hour to kill. And so I've been getting burgers. It doesn't matter my order, but I've been getting burgers with no ketchup, right? No ketchup. Apparently that's a crazy order for people. So they'll just give you burgers with just ketchup. Like, this is like, hey, I want, and this is happening multiple times. We're like, hey, uh, no ketchup. And they go, um, plain then, huh? And I go, nope, just no ketchup. <laughs> and they go, Okay, so you don't want anything on the burger. And I go, no, I just, no ketchup. Everything that comes on it, but no ketchup. And they go, gotcha. And then they'll hand me a goddamn burger with just ketchup on it. <laughs> and this has happened at multiple different, like, different restaurants. Like, I don't know what that is. So I order three burgers, no ketchup. I get three burgers, ketchup only. And I'm like, son of a bitch. But, like, when you walk in there, there's no one takes your order anymore. They just directly, rudely direct you over to a kiosk. So nobody, there's nobody that's main job is to ring people up in the front anymore. Like everyone does drive through. They had like McDonald's has the two drive throughs, like the two lanes. So it's like everyone's focused on the drive through. So when you come in, they're upset that there's customers in the store. Yeah. And when you walk up because you haven't been inside a McDonald's in ten years. They go, uh, order over there. <laughs> and then you're like, okay. So you, then you ring it up. There's no more. They don't, like, give you the cut. Like, the thing, like, the station, the condiment station is, like, boarded up. Yeah. Like, go fuck yourself. I also didn't realize, I sat in there for an hour, and then I said, can I get a refill? And the guy looked at me like I offered him herpes. He was just like, uh, oh, man. he goes, no refills? <laughs> like, like, it was a question. He wasn't sure, like, how crazy I was. He was like, we don't. He's just shaking his head like, we don't. 
refills? You dirty beast. In this economy? <laughs> yeah. Like, have you been watching the news? Yeah, have you not been paying attention? <laughs> That's awesome. Like, like I just crawled out of a cave for five years ago. Refills? But you do bring up a point. I, I went to Taco Bell, 45 minutes, which I seem, seems long for a drive through The other day, I was in McDonald's. I, I went to the one side. No one answered. I finally pull over and then go to the other one, and then I hear it. All the way over the other one. Hello, can I take your order, Mike? I'm at the other one now. <laughs> I am at the other one now. And the lady behind me, like, she's followed me and we're like, yeah, what, what the hell's going on with this McDonald's? Like, it, it's crazy. What, what do you think it is? Lack of motivation? They're, well, they're all understaffed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know what the, 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 <laughs> I have no idea what the corporate, um, like, I don't know how they're interacting with these individual stores. Like, especially, like, when you go to a place that's manned by three people till late at night. Like, this woman was just, the woman that lists off the things that, that everything was closed. And I was like, look, that's fine. I don't want any of that. I just want burger with no ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, she, she, I could just tell, like, her, like, she it's late. It was already, like, it was, like. One in the morning, I'm like, they got to be closing soon. And then I looked, they don't close till three. And no. then, and then, uh, and then she was like, I don't get to go home till four. Like I could, I could hear her whole conversation. She's having. She was like, Don't drop that the, that food yet. I'm gonna take that home later. We don't get off till four. That's why my ass is so fat. You know, <laughs> like, man, that's a weird thing to say over. And then she intercom. looked. And then she looked at me. No, this was like just the the windows open. Uh, and then she looked at me and winked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. That's why my ass is so fat. And I was like, all right. Uh, you got to wink. That's, I mean, she's doing her thing. But I don't I don't know. Like, have, have you noticed that with drive throughs or with fast food? I mean, one of the things that we had to do, and I had a sizable kind of responsibility to do, is look at how we safely stay open you know mm. and i mean like we're at 15 16 months we were at like a we were actually at a conference when news broke and i actually busted i left the conference in ohio early because i didn't think i could like get back in indiana mm. so i mean the things that we have done um to like take to make sure that our guests are happy but mm-hmm. our people aren't killing themselves yeah which, they really are. I mean, like the people in our restaurants are. We're, we're so we've been, we're so busy. <laughs> we're we're breaking sales records constantly, and it is we're facing the same thing as everybody else with a labor shortage. Luckily, we have a little bit. We can pay people mm. very well, and you know the benefits are very very good. Um, but I mean, everywhere it's chaos. Supply lines are completely in chaos. Like last time I had Taco Bell, I just wanted the chips and nacho cheese. Yeah. She was like, we can't get chips. I'm like, what? The fried tortillas. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we can't yeah. get our chips, though, or whatever. And I was yeah. just like, and then you run into <clears throat> everywhere you go. You know, today we're running into just weird things that, like, glue's not available to do bags for our restaurants, you know? No. So it's just compounded challenges constantly. It, it is a lot of supply lines, too. And I, I definitely don't want to make it sound, I don't want to be one of those people that were like, people don't want to work. But um, I, I am one of those people that are like, you know what? The pandemic made a lot of us look at our lives oh, and totally. reevaluate. And a lot of people found themselves in, in industries that were not 
caring about them. Yep. And it was just like, why, you know, especially when you think the world's about to end, you know, you really evaluate <laughs> what you're doing, yeah. you know? And then I think For a lot of fifty an hour. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to go back to this. Yeah. Um, and so I, I do not fault anybody. For that, and, and honestly, now when I do go to a drive-thru and I see p- these people, like, wow, these are the people that decided to stick it out, and they're mad that they don't have, you know, someone else in there supporting them, and that they didn't get their chips or didn't get their, you know, big Buford Baconators or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, man, um, I'm not sure what the solution is, you know, but it's a, it's a, it's a wild time to be alive. All, same thing with Uber. I don't know when the last time you tried to get into an Uber or a lift was, but it's not the same anymore. No. It's 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 basically gone back to how it used to be getting a cab. Exactly. You call a cab stand and it takes yeah. forty minutes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like and like younger people don't remember this, but like yeah. like yeah, it was like why don't you just take a cab home instead of drunk driving like a cab would take three hours, <laughs> you crazy ass. Yeah. You know, but like no, but like that's kind of like I mean, there was a time and a place where I was taking Ubers to work, Ubers to comedy shows, you know, and I can, I would know, like, hey, at worst, it's going to be 10 minute wait. And now, it's like, I was downtown, you know, at the, the hub, you mm-hmm. know, where you would, you know, think it would be instantaneous. And it was like half an hour, yeah. half hour for someone to get there. It was, I, it was like a Friday night at six, and we were going downtown for dinner to meet some friends, and the person came from like Michigan Road to get us. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm like, why are you coming from like the northwest side of Indy, yeah. downtown <laughs> yeah. to take me downtown? Anyway, yeah, it's just wild, and it, you know, possibly is going to get a lot worse. You know, but like if things keep going the way they are, with pandemic wise, I think it, it, the time right now, I felt like everyone, you know, as twenty twenty one came around, we were like, oh shit, it's over, we're good, you know, and it's been harder and harder even than some stuff last year so yeah right when you get to the light at the end of the tunnel they move the goal posts <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're tying that up with <laughs> uh oh yeah um yeah, I don't. I like, like how the producer like heckles in the background. I want him to know what he did was bad. <laughs> I really do. Like we, it's not a video component, so we don't get to see all the like head shakes of Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Half of the time, Zach's just like, really, what, really. Sometimes I feel like being the producer. It sounds like I sign off on this shit. Yeah, oh, <laughs> and, yeah. And so I, I'd yeah, like to give title. a little bit of. The title is know. heavy. Yeah. So you have to be like scrambled eggs. <laughs> no, scramby eggs. <laughs> that was what he said. Which is not a word. Oh, it is now. <laughs> it is now. Is that going to be a shirt? Scramby eggs. That's scramby a shirt. Eggs. Scramby eggs. At the website that's coming. I can't take her in. That's from, some boxing uh, gloves. That, that, that's from the cable guy. I can't take. I think I you use scramby eggs when you were talking about the breakfast burrito earlier too. You yeah. Said twice. No, I always say scramby okay. eggs. Yeah. That is a, a form of egg, scramby. But, uh, you know, sometimes, like, on a long enough timeline, we're all going to be scramby eggs. <laughs> <laughs> right. like, that's just the way. That's the way. There it is. <laughs> the circle of life. <laughs> circle of life with uh, eggs in the middle. There we go. You guys get your T-shirts. So. <laughs> You eat enough barbecue, you're going to end up like me. You know what I'm saying? What does that mean? Oh. <laughs> you think he's just doing gang yeah. signs? 
It's the same damn sign I give you every week. I feel week. like Dyke is very confused by Zach's presence now. Like Zach, uh, Zach gave the three minute mark, and then Dyke doesn't even know what that is. Which well, is what I usually do. I thought he was blowing me a kiss. I wasn't sure. Uh, no, Zach's just he's 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 a lot more vocal on the, this episode than he usually is. <laughs> Not used to so much uh, uppityness. <laughs> pipe pipe it up. Welcome back to Pipe It Up with Zach. Pipe It Up with Zach. Um, so you're a, you're a, you're a man of Irvington, Chris. Would you say that? Would you say you're a man of the town? Used to used to be a bit more. Yeah. Well, how how long have you been outside of Irvington now? Well, we were talking about this earlier. I was always technically outside. Oh. I just claimed it because I lived in Tuxedo Park. Oh. Yeah, with a. You just make your you, you you make your bones outside of Irvington. Yes. You, yeah. you know. I remember the first time I had someone come meet me at the brewery. They, they biked from downtown. Oh, wow. And they were like, where the hell do you live? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been moved, I think, about five years ago from there over to Windsor Park. Oh, nice. Yeah. Over by the library. Moving on up. Um. But you are a big fan. You're a big uh, proponent of the J. Clyde's Pub. I, I enjoy the J. Clyde's. J. Clyde's. You have one of my favorite uh, winter hoodies is the J. Clyde's. Oh, I had the J. Clyde's hoodie, uh, and then I had a, a Stoney's hoodie. Oh, yeah. I have those both, too. I yeah. keeping it keeping it east side AF. When I was... Uh, when they were I was, missing you at the Clyde's the other day. Yeah? They, they, yes, they were... Um, yeah, I wasn't talking in, about stories. I wasn't invited. At oh, any point. Always. No, actually, I started getting drunk texts from uh, from a mutual friend, Stacy, and um, that's when I think I was in line at the uh, rallies, <laughs> <laughs> and I was debating on whether I should go there, and I was like, well, this line's taking forever, um, but no, I, I love all the people in the hood. I love, it's, uh, that was like a bar when I was like 16, I would go to shows at the Emerson, the Emerson Theater, which is... Uh, a, an abandoned, no, not abandoned, but like a refurbished theater. It used yeah. to be a theater that they just do like local shows and stuff at. And the J. Clyde's was the tiny little bar around the corner that like the adults would hang out at. And so, like, from you know, b- being super young, it was always like, oh, one day I'm going to go there and have a beverage. That's your dream place. And then, I, well, I, when I moved over to the east side, you can still smoke in bars. And it was like right when I quit smoking, I remember like that was the place I went in. I had one drink and then I just like left. And I remember I smelled like cigarettes for the next three days. I cannot imagine in that place. Remember when we used to smoke inside? <laughs> that was crazy. It's wild. J. Clyde's will be uh, the place where me and my girlfriend kind of like fell in love. Yeah. Yeah. We got to know each other there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a, a neat place, neat people. Weird, weird, weird group of folks. Head over there. It got, I don't want to say better, but I feel like it was uh, kind of always run by like some random, like it seems like so much more community like focused now when you go in and it's like everyone kind of knows everybody, like yeah. all the regulars and like even, even the, you know, even like the bar flies, like you, we, everybody knows everybody who's like cool, who's a regular, everyone knows everybody's like quirks and stuff like that. 
I mean, I remember going in there and there was like a white nationalist one time. Just oh, wow. Like, just like bombing around. And I knew him because he gave me a piercing one time. <laughs> that was an awkward thing. On purpose? But that's, <laughs> but that's, a, story like, for wait, that's a story for a different show. We have to know, did <laughs> you request this piercing or was this by force? Uh, no, it was, uh, it was requested. I didn't know he was a white nationalist when he gave it to me. Wait, so you found out he was a white nationalist when he was at the bar? Mid-Pierce. Yeah. Well, I you found out before. So did you walk into a bar and just recognize a white nationalist that you knew already? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. That you let pierce you, your skin. Yeah. So this guy, I'd, I'd seen complaints online that there was a white nationalist, and then I walked in and, uh... I don't know. I just walked in and I saw this guy that I knew sitting there and I'm like, oh, that's the guy that gave me the piercing. Pretty nice guy. And so uh, when I met him, he was. <laughs> and so I walked up to him and I could tell he was tense. Like he saw me and looked at me like very tense. And I was and I just walked up and I was like, hey, and I like said his name. And he was like, what do you want? And I was just like, oh, I was just seeing how you're doing, man. Like, remember when you gave me that piercing? And, he, and then all of a sudden he was just like nice as pie to me. And he was just like. Oh, how are you doing? I'm sorry. They all look the same to you. <laughs> I thought you were a different black dude. And then I walked in and I, uh, is, you start putting these little things together and he had like, uh, like a racist letterman's jacket. I don't know what that, I don't know what they're called, like they, like if you're like, I love that <laughs> racist letterman's jacket. <laughs> Of tattoos and all those things. Oh, oh. If you're like a full on like <laughs> white nationalist, apparently you get like a Letterman's jacket. <laughs> Go varsity. Yeah. <laughs> he he went varsity with hate. <laughs> Drop a beat for me, Zach. Chris Johnson, thank you so much for being on the program Man. today. So I fun. hope it was fun. It was. I hope you had a good great. time. I appreciate you bringing all that meat. Oh, of course. Uh, uh, I don't know. I always uh, like would with people that aren't comedians. I'm like, do you want people to follow you on social media and keep up with what you're doing? I really don't do anything. Okay. Well, that's good. It's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Thaddeus J. Yeah, you can follow me at, at Thad McKee on Instagram and then on Twitter. It's the same thing. Sauce Boss. Yeah, follow me at Easy Cheesy Scramby Eggs. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a Scramby Eggs show. I do it. I do have a show at the White Rabbit that I do want to plug. Sorry, we got to go. We have no more time. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the White Rabbit? You guys could uh, go there on Thursday uh, evening at the Authors, something that Isaac Lamfort used to run, and he's been on the show, a uh, friend of the show, and you guys should come out and see it. I got a crazy, wacky character that I'm going to be doing, and it's... Uh, Kind of like my magnum opus. Thursday at uh, 8 p.m. White Rabbit? Yes. And then uh, you can again follow me or follow me on all social media at Dyke Michaels. But please come out uh, this Tuesday, 8 p.m., Helium Comedy Club. I'm going to be in Indy's funniest competition in the semifinals. Come out and support. Um, also, the Patreon. Hey, we just signed. We got a big fish. We got a new big fish. We got one of the hottest chefs in the city. Is following us is an official Patreon subscriber, Chef Alan Sternberg. Oh, yeah. So we can't rest on our laurels anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a it's a great time. It's amazing bonus content. We got uh we got the young the young uh, phenom Derek James is going to be hanging out. Uh, 
He brought he brought the thunder. He's going to bring the thunder today. So if you want to hear what happens, it's only $3 a month. Patreon.com backslash Heart of Brunch. And we'll see you next time. Woo!